What's up, everyone? Welcome to the E2B2 podcast. I am your host, Evan J. Thomas, and with me always is... Brandon Thomas. And we have a big, huge, double feature show for you today, and also today is a very special day for the E2B2 podcast. This is our two-year anniversary show, and also our 30th ever show that we have done together. Yep. Brandon, damn, did you think we would last this long? Nope. No. <laughs> and why not? I don't know. It's just most podcasts tend to die off after a while. But we've only gotten stronger, haven't we? Mm-hmm. More fun, more cool, badass movies that we just watched. And speaking of badass movies, like I said, we have a double feature for you today. We watched the documentary, What Drives Us, featuring Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters. And Dave Grohl actually uh, directed this movie and kind of starred in it and was the main interviewer. And then the second movie that we're going to be reviewing is Without Remorse, starring Michael B. Jordan. So Brandon and I are going to be discussing those two movies uh, in the second and third segments. So we're actually going to do three segments today. And the first one we're going to start off with what has been new with Brandon and I the past two weeks or so and the coolest shit that has happened to us or the coolest things that have happened to us. Yep. In the past two weeks. So, Brandon, obviously you don't have to go through with school, da 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 but yeah. what's new with you? What is your most favorite thing that happened in the past week? Uh, so, most, I've been, there's not been a lot of things for me that actually has happened. Uh, they're, we're doing basketball and gym class for our school. So I like basketball, so that's gonna be enjoyable. Yeah, and Brandon is now like really tall, so it's tall kind of working out. I I've been running a lot, I've been walking a lot, a lot, but biking has been an issue because of the wind. So I stopped yeah. biking for a short while until the wind gets to a considerable um, biking weather. Yeah, you can't be riding bikes in thirty plus mile an hour winds, especially today. Fun. That was not. Fun. So speaking of today, we had a, what, 85 degree weather? 80. 80 something, but yeah. it was really nice and warm and Windy. we had fun today. But Brandon, keep talking about your uh, coolest thing that happened to you this past week. So, well, I'll, I'll continue by I've been mainly uh, sketching and just drawing and going outside a bunch uh, for the past while. The coolest thing that has happened to me this past few weeks, I can't really this there's not a lot but one of the cool things i would say is me seeing a giant like hawk uh fly around and then there was like two or three like two or three of them in the area because or i think it was two of them and then i saw a different hawk perched on like a little like wire and um th- it was eating like something but it was i just saw two hawks and that was a cool you couldn't thing. really tell what it was it was no, it was just something small. What it was eating. So Brandon and I today, let's see, we went to the opening of Royalty Health and Fitness Gym in uh, Roselle, Illinois. My new friend Matt Daniels, formerly of the band Shallow Side, is opening it up. So you could actually check out my interview and walkthrough podcast on the Badass Podcast yep. with Evan J. Thomas. So Brandon and I were there. We had a nice little uh, catered lunch for the grand opening. Mm-hmm. We had some tacos, and then we did a little workout. And then let's see what else did we do? We went, we went and saw my ex girlfriend and our ex dog friend Renly, <laughs> and we kind of hung out over there and you know just kind of talked for about a half an hour outside in the back, played doggy tug with the dog. He, and he, he 
Renly is funny because he was playing tug of war with you, and he was going all out, and then mm-hmm. he didn't go all all out on me. He wouldn't do anything with Brandon. So well, he, he did one time, but he he was he knew I was weak. So. Yeah. So yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> Brandon's not as strong as me. He's getting there. He's definitely getting there. So then after that, what did we end up doing? We came here, then we went uh, grocery shopping mm-hmm. for dinner, and then we went over to a um, local park because I wanted to play with my drone. Mm-hmm. Well. The was wind windy. was so windy that two times I uh, sent it up in the air about 10, not even 10 feet, and it just blew across the park and hit the ground and it kind of exploded, but it didn't break. It's it's alive and working. It's just, we decided we're just going to go on a little mile walk around the uh, park, yeah, so, so we did that. As always, the wind calms down after we're done. Yeah, the wind calms down after the sun goes down tonight. So we did that, then we came home, we made some burgers, and sat around, and then we watched the two movies tonight, which we will get into in a little bit. But for me, the coolest thing that happened to me in the past week, uh, this past weekend, my lady friend who listens to the show all the time, Miss Heather, and I went down to um, Newport, Kentucky, which is literally four blocks from the, uh, what is it, I forgot, the Cincinnati River? Pittsburgh River, Three Rivers, whatever it's called. Uh, But it's literally six blocks from Cincinnati. And we went down there to see the band South of Eden. We went to this really cool-ass venue called the Southgate Revival Hall. We listened to some amazing music. I did another kick-ass, badass interview with the band South of Eden on their tour bus. And again, you can check that out on Badass Podcast with Evan J. Thomas. On BadassProductions1.com. So you can do that. So, yeah, we had a great time. We wanted to go to the Cincinnati Zoo, but unfortunately you had to have reservations. I theorize that there might be a Harambe statue at the Cincinnati Zoo. You definitely need to look that up. Because I remember hearing there was a Harambe memorial statue built somewhere. I would definitely assume it would be the Cincinnati Zoo because it would be weird for, like, the Brookfield to build a Harambe statue memorial. So, obviously they didn't, but hypothetically. So I'm going to actually, at our little break here in a few moments, I'm going to actually look that up to see (laughs) if there actually is a Harambe statue there, which which would be pretty cool. But yeah, that was my weekend this past weekend. And then, you know, this past week, just kind of busting my ass doing my thing. And uh, like I said, did the interview with Matt Daniels the other day, the walkthrough, and had all that planned today, and it was awesome. We had such a great time. And then tomorrow, Brandon and I are going to be going to sushi yep. with my buddy Rick. And before sushi, we're going to go to the $5 retro movie and see Back to the Future. Yep. So we're going to go see that on the big screen and have fun, and hopefully we're the only people in the theater again and get to watch <laughs> that. That would be awesome if be, it could be. It'll be just one dude that ruins everything, just goes there, and he's like, "Oh, oh, oh. yeah, exactly." Fart, and, and not and like and yells and screams and shakes his popcorn <laughs> and <laughs> and then <coughs> or or whatever. Yeah, know, exactly. So, so yeah, that's basically uh, Brandon and I in a nutshell this past week. Yep. And uh, we're gonna take a short little break. We're gonna come back to reveal if there's a statue of Harambe. Mm-hmm. In the Cincinnati Zoo, mm-hmm. and then uh, we'll start discussing the first mo- movie slash documentary we watched, and that's called "What Drives Us." And then later in the show, you're gonna hear our review of "Without Remorse." So stick around here on the E Two B Two podcast with myself, Evan J. Thomas, and Brandon Thomas. Br- Thomas, Brandon <laughs> Thomas, whatever. So we'll be yep. right back. 
Christian and Jason bring you the C&J Wrestling Show podcast where the guys go in-depth on all things WWE, AEW, NXT, Ring of Honor, Impact, New Japan, and NWA. Christian and Jason keep you posted on all current events and go on long discussions over wrestling history and look for special guests throughout the year. Get the C&J Wrestling Show podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and various podcast platforms. And make sure you follow the guys on Facebook at the C&J Wrestling Show. Get ready to headbang like your life depends on it. Slow the f*** down. Because you never know. It just might. Is that supposed to mean? Listen to the world's hardest rock metal worldwide. God right. That's all you had to say. Let out all your anger and rage before it consumes you. Gorch Earth, mother... Rock hard with Evan J. Thomas. Thursdays at 6 Central, 7 Eastern. All right, now get your out the car. Hosted on Rock 98.9. Welcome back to the E2B2 Podcast. My name is Brandon Thomas, and with me always is... Dad. Dad. Evan J. Thomas. <laughs> and uh, before the break, we were talking about Harambe, uh, the gorilla that was shot and killed in 2016 in the Cincinnati Zoo. We looked it up and did a little research, and there is a actual memorial, but... N- we're we don't think, know. We don't know if it's actually a statue of Harambe, but there is a gorilla statue, and we, I'm just thinking it might be just a gorilla statue, statue because of when it was produced and everything that's already been there. So we're going to say there's a memorial there, but there might not actually be a statue, so I guess you have to go to go see it. Yeah. So there you go. That's why so, we're going to go later. Tomorrow? So gonna, right Not now. tomorrow. We're going <laughs> to go at some point this summer, hopefully, One and day. actually, we could stop down there on the way to North Carolina. So there you go. We can do that. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to be back here on the E2B2 podcast. All of a sudden, I'm going crazy over here. (laughs) And our first review tonight, since today is a double feature, and actually Brandon and I's 30th episode in two years that we've been doing this show. Mm -hmm. And uh, the first one we're going to be doing is What Drives Us, basically starring Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters and also a bunch of other bands. You had uh, U2, Red Hot Chili Peppers. You had, um, what's his name, Uh, Ringo Starr from the Beatles. You had uh, Brian Johnson from ACDC. You had Lars Ulrich from Metallica. So you had all this going on. So if you don't know what the movie is about, it's basically Dave Grohl talking to a bunch of different bands about touring life in a van when you first start out as a band. Mm-hmm. One of the cool things about this um, inter- this movie and documentary, the very, one of the very first bands they show is the band Radkey. Three brothers out of Missouri, St. Louis, Missouri, that I've actually been able to interview twice. So Dave Grohl and I have something in common there, being uh, able to sit and talk to these these boys, these you gentlemen. Wanna, you just want to flex on them. Fuck yeah, I'm going to flex my muscles and be like, hey. It's not, it's not even, oh yeah, I interviewed the same person someone else did. Yay. I Ooh, did, but I did twice. I don't think he interviewed him twice. I did twice. He did it once. So there you go. Yeah. But anyway, I, Brandon, what what? <laughs> Let's let's just kind of go through some of the stuff that they uh, so they talked about. There was some real good stories in there about like um, Flea from the band uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers and his drug addiction and how he kind of started getting into you know just being in a band and doing the touring. And then you had the one guy from the Dead Kennedys and his drug addiction and how he had to beat it. it took him eight times to get sober. 
And it basically all happened while during touring and all that. So, Brandon, what did you think of this documentary that was uh, What Drives Us? I, I've, I thought it was very well produced. There was a lot of, like, diversity in terms of, like, en- enough people to actually have interview and, like, enough stories to see, like, perspectives from a bunch of people and how that's, like, all this similar but the same, like, different in a way between each person and how their experiences compare and, like, yeah, generally. And I thought there was a lot of, like, good, like, stories to be told. Uh, funny, sad, ser- uh, serious, or uh, life-inspiring, some stuff like that, so. Yeah, and uh, I'm just going to kind of quote some of the things that Dave Grohl said. All of the biggest bands in the world, they had to start somewhere. Everybody I know started out like this in a van. So that was actually on the onset of the documentary. He also adds, What happens in the van is a foundation of who we become. It creates this unique perspective that we all share. Personally, I don't think I'd still be here if it wasn't for those early experiences touring in a band, touring with my friends. If it weren't for that old van, I don't know where I'd be. So actually, he said that just touring the first time in a van with Foo Fighters basically saved the band because he said if they were in a different thing like a bus or something like that, he didn't think that they'd make it past the first one. Hmm. So, um, like they were saying, uh, it, during the uh, documentary, Flea, the bass player for the Red Hot Chili Peppers, played trumpet in his youth with dreams of being in the symphony orchestra, but... It was a means of abuse of avoiding his abusive and addictive stepdad. So one thing that he says is, when I held this fucking uh, trumpet to my lips and blew on it, it was like all the chaos, all the fear that hung over. Because it was a crazy night, the cops came to my house, and my stepdad was shooting at them and threatening to kill himself. That all disappeared. So basically, music was his outlet. Yep. And that's kind of how I saw that. Um, This documentary also serves as a celebration of live music, which makes piling into a van for hundreds of hours and thousands of miles all worth it. And for me to talk about that, I did a two-week tour with the band Bullet to the Heart two years ago. And that was one of the most amazing experiences of my life. I didn't get to actually sit in the van with them and go. I drove my own car, but I did the whole tour thing. We went to 13 cities in 13 days. 13, 12 shows, and just so many experiences that were, like, unreal that I want to do again and again and again. Um, another person that was in the um, documentary was Steven Tyler of Aerosmith. He had some fun little stories in that. Uh, what was, Brandon, what, what did you think was, like, what did you take out of the whole um, documentary? I'm going to extend it generally so it doesn't just apply to music, but I feel like what sets the foundation in the... I'm going to be a very simple person right here, but what sets the foundation of the future is like the the small like things you do in the past with other people, how that kind of that kind of sets the tone and everything in the future. It builds friendships or it kills friendships. Probably. It does. Uh, And um, I'd I'd say that's one of the few things you take away there's other things such as like w- like ways to like ex- dreams can I don't know it's, that's pretty much about it so basically it's like like you said they have dreams and aspirations and they will do whatever they can yeah to make it happen well, even if it's like they Difficult. say, you're basically in the car for 20 hours and you basically go just to play a one hour show and then you do it all over again. 
And one of the uh, people that was interviewed basically said, I did it for the experience. It wasn't anything else but that. And to get good as a band, and Steven Tyler said this in, in there, he said, you have to play gigs. You have to play in front of people. You can't just do it in the studio all the time. You have to get that live show down. And some of the biggest bands in the world, again, started from nowhere. Yeah, so something from nothing. Some something <laughs> from nothing from the Foo Fighters. Um, a couple little interesting tidbits here: the Beatles saved U2's Edge from his hobby of pyromania earlier in his life. Mm-hmm. ACDC's Brian Johnson actually wanted to be a drummer until he heard Little Richard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was an interesting little story. Ben Harper was radicalized by his next door neighbor's goth rock legends Christian Death. That was kind of funny. Uh, Lars Ulrich is the luckiest man in the world and shouldn't be in this documentary because he said this is the only band he's ever been in and has never been on a bus in a, or in a van in a tour. How crazy is that? I mentioned the whole Dave Grohl credits touring this, that saved the Foo Fighters. Uh, let's see, a couple other ones. E- okay, here was a funny little um, tidbit. So they say even the Beatles farted in their van. So there was an interesting little story that one of the ladies was talking about you know, somebody had food poisoning and all of a sudden somebody, that person would rip ass in the van. Mm-hmm. I've been in that situation many times and even Ringo Starr says, own up to it. Brandon, what did you think about that little uh, story there? I was, Since you don't own up to it. No, you do. I do own, <laughs> I do own up to it, but you falsely accuse me. Of no, I'm not, false, I'm not falsely accusing you. Well, I'm gonna, but anyway. I'm going to go ape. Go. Go ape. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. The Beatles were in the van. Yeah, so the, I mean, it was just an f- interesting Funny. little tidbit. Uh, another f- interesting one. The band, no doubt, once played a cr- to a crowd smaller than the actual band. He said that there were seven people in the band, there were four people in the crowd, and they kept having some of the band members go into the crowd to even <laughs> to people on, on stage. Uh, packing a tour van is like playing Tetris. We got to make sure everything fits and works every every day, here and there. So, Brandon, we're going to walk and talk right into our review for yep. the show. Um, obviously, I'm going to let you go first. Who's you go? <laughs> you go. Anyways, let's see what so you have to say. the story plot. There's not really a story plot, but there's a general like there's stories to be told. So it's not crafted, but it's more told like factual stories. I thought a lot of the stories was, like, well-chosen, or at least well, like, sets the example of what the documentary is trying to uh, set across. Acting characters, you don't really have any acting, but you got... No, it's just interviews. Yeah, it's just interviews. But people, in general, I think there's a large variety I could recognize and all that. Mm -hmm. Special effects and cinematography, you only get the... uh, Photos from back then and the video from back then, so that's not really anything special. And the footage of the interviews. Yeah. Uh, those were fine. Action. Yeah, there, <laughs> there was, there's gunshots, any. explosions. No. None. <laughs> uh, and music. Uh, music. Obviously, Obviously, the music. Yeah. You got, you got like the Foo Fighters playing in the background occasionally. You got the, some of the bands, whatever. So, uh, it's not much to rate it on, but as a documentary, I felt like it was well crafted and had a lot of like things to be told like I said before mm. I'd say it was a it was a well-made documentary and it had like interest throughout the whole thing so I'd give it a like 
for for my rating, I'll probably give it a four point five or a five. I probably give it a five. I'll just give it a five. Damn! Look at you giving it a five. All right. I mean, it's a pretty good documentary. So obviously, since we go zero to five, you'd highly recommend it. Yeah, I'd say if you're interested in music, watch it. Definitely, and uh, I'm gonna go with my review. So story plot, I absolutely love this idea that Dave Grohl came about and uh, but wanted not the to do. Execution, huh? No, I <laughs> love the whole the whole thing and who he interviewed. Like Brandon said, it was different realms of the industry. So you had the band Radkey, which is fairly new. You had Aerosmith, U2, Metallica, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, some of the biggest bands in the world for the last 15. 20, 30, 40 years. I mean, you had the Beatles. You had ACDC. It was just amazing some of the people that he had on there. And obviously they're friends. So those interviews were really cool. Um, special effects, cinematography, like Brandon said, the um, live shots of... Actually, what Excuse really me. got me was the Foo Fighters, when they first showed their, one of their first ever shows on tour, they played for the first time the song My Hero. And they played it in front of not many people, and nobody knew the song. Well, by the end of the movie, how many people were in that crowd at in like I think that was Wembley Stadium, if I was if I'm could be wrong, but there had to have been th- hundreds of thousands of or like there was a tens of thousands of people. It was just a sea and mass of people singing back to Dave and the guys on stage. Their song that just 25 years before they sang and nobody knew what it was. So that was a cool little uh, thing there. Like Brandon said, the uh, photography and just some of the... They actually used some cool little um, cartoony sections too for a little bit to kind of talk about um, one of the tours. Uh, Action, really none. But uh, the music actually was fit really well. And... It's not hard to mess up putting music in a music documentary because depending on who they're talking to, you just kind of put the bed of music of that band behind them. Yeah. So I'm going to give my rating for this uh, documentary. I've actually seen it twice in two days. I saw it <laughs> yesterday for the first time, and then I saw it today with Brandon. I told Brandon early on that I saw it, and he was kind of mad that nah, I did. I, I beat you up. I punched you. I yeah, suffocated so with a pillow. He did, he did try to kill me, but <laughs> no, not really. We're joking. Uh, <laughs> he didn't attempt murder on me. But um, those that know me know my fascination and love for Foo Fighters and Dave Grohl and how he just directs and all the other stuff he's done. He did Sonic Highways. He did... Back and forth. He did some other documentaries too, which were amazing. Uh, Sound City. I am going to give this a solid 5.0. Yeah. And for me to go off of that would be stupid because of the fact that I love, there's two types of documentaries that I love music related and wrestlers, which is the weirdest freaking thing. Wrestling. But I do have to say, Heather and I love sitting there and watching wrestling documentaries. We saw. Um, what did we see? Stone Cold Steve Austin, and then we saw Roddy Roddy Piper last week. But anytime I could watch a really cool, different type of music documentary, it's amazing. And this one is one that I would definitely recommend to anybody who ever wants to start a band or who has actually toured um, in a little van like this because it kind of brings back memories and it kind of, kind of, you know, drives you. What drives us? What drives us? It's uh-huh. interesting how that worked out, huh? 
What drives us to die? So there is Brandon and I are yeah. my review our. of our. So that's our review of what drives us. Yep. Uh, we're going to take a short little break once again. We're going to come back and we're going to review the movie without remorse. So stick around right here, all on the legendary E2B2 podcast with myself, Evan J. Thomas, and Brandon Thomas. We'll be right back. I am award-winning published photographer and journalist Evan J. Thomas, and I'll be bringing you badass artists from the genres of music, art, sports, radio, as well as TV and movies. On the Badass Podcast, you will hear raw, bold, blunt, and honest conversation-style interviews where no topic is off-limits. Check out the show at BadassProductions1.com and go to the On Demand tab and pull up the Badass Podcast where you can watch or listen to your favorite show. Get ready, because I am Evan J. Thomas, and this is fucking badass. Welcome back to the segment three uh, of the E2B2 podcast. My name is Brandon Thomas, and with me always is... Dad. Br- I was going to say Brandon Thomas. <laughs> with me always is, is Evan J. Thomas. Dad. And we are back here on the E2B2 podcast, segment three, like Brandon just said. Yep. And we're going to be reviewing the movie that we just saw about 20 minutes ago we ended called Without Remorse. And it's actually uh, a Tom Clancy novel that was based on a 1993 novel by the same name. And it's a spinoff of the Jack Ryan film series. And uh, it's an American action thriller film that came out actually this past weekend. So it's very, very new. It's directed by Stefano Solima, written by Taylor Sheridan and Will Staples and stars Michael B. Jordan, Jamie Bell, Jody Turner-Smith, Luke Mitchell, blah, 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 blah. So, just a little bit about the plot. The plot follows John Kelly, who is played by Michael B. Jordan, a U.S. Navy SEAL who sets out a path of revenge after his pregnant wife and unit members are killed by Russian hitmen. Russian hitmen. We've got to the Russian... Bad guys. Bad guys with the slicked hair and the, and the bad talk. There wasn't, there wasn't a lot of slicked hair. No. There was, there was bad talk, but there wasn't a lot of sl- buff, bald, yeah, bearded Russian Yeah, there wasn't the John Wick-like bad guys. Yeah, you're, so, you look like a Russian like yeah, bad guy. Yeah, there you go, I do. <laughs> so the film had been in development, in development since the novel was published in 1993, and this is what we just found out. With various actors that were tapped to play, including... Keanu Reeves and Tom Hardy who approached approached for the role of Kelly. So after 20 years of development hell, <laughs> Jordan was announced as a lead role in September 2018 and Sheridan was hired to rewrite a script originally written in the 90s. Filming began in October 2019 after a brief hiatus due to the COVID-19 pandemic completed production in October 2020. Originally produced and set for theatrical release by Paramount Pictures, the film was delayed and acquired by Amazon Studios, who digitally released on Prime Video on April 30th. Today's May 1st, so that was the other day. It's received mixed reviews from critics who praised Jordan's performance but called the film generic. That, to me, is effing wrong. Yep. And we will get into exactly why it was wrong. Okay, we gotta do this. Uh, we want to read through it, or we, what are we gonna do? We can uh, read through some of it. We'll, sure. we'll read through some of it and just kind of talk. Okay, 
You want me to start off or you want sure, to start off? Sure, go, go start So off. in Aleppo, Syria, a team of U.S. Navy SEALs led by Senior Chief John Kelly rescue a CIA operative taken hostage by suspected ISIS members. The SEALs are shocked to find the captors weren't members of ISIS but actually Russian military. Three months later, in apparent retaliation for their role in the mission, the SEALs are covertly killed by Russian FSB operatives one by one. Kelly's pregnant wife, Pam, is murdered when one of the Russians breaks into their house. Despite being shot multiple times himself, Kelly manages to kill all but one of the attackers before being rushed to the hospital. One of the dudes got, one of the seals got ran over. Oh my god, that, that was just a crazy scene to start with. Because there, you don't see a lot of people actually being ran over. Like you see in movies, like action movies, people get ran over, but you don't see like the full run over event. You, you get hit, but he gets hit by the van. The van then drives over him. Boom, 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 rolls over him, and the guy's rolling on the floor. Yeah. So that had been one ground. <laughs> so that had been one badass uh, stuntman who did that scene. It must have been like a puppet. I don't have no. It could have been a puppet. He was moving. I mean, it could have been a. Doll. I mean, who knows? That's what I mean. Could be a quick cut and could have been doing that. So No, they got the actual dude ran over, obviously. And, this, and the movie, when it actually started off, it started off with pretty damn good action. Mm-hmm. So you have the two... Oh, we forgot to do the spoiler alert, but whatever. Uh. We don't fucking care anymore. I mean, you're listening to this show. You want to hear what we have to say. So <laughs> I'm going to put it here for anyway. Beep, 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 Okay. So, yeah, there's our spoiler alert for the rest of this. But, yeah, the movie starts off where the guys are actually coming out of this pool of water, shoots out a bunch of people. There's chickens in the background, don't forget. There were chickens in the background? Yeah, there was chickens walking. Very, very small detail. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Very relevant. So we're going to move on with this, the plot. So meanwhile, in Washington, D.C., Kelly's friend and former SEAL team member, Lieutenant Commander Karen Greer, meets with CIA officer Robert. Ritter and Secretary oh. of Defense Thomas Clay to discuss how the FSB discovered the SEALs' identities to go over the response options. Leaked news of Russian unprecedented attack on American soil has caused the already strained relationship between the two nations to sour even further, further possibly causing a new Cold War. Mm-hmm. So this is where, you know, Maybe, Kelly, yeah. all the developments are kind of coming out on who's hiding what and what's going on and blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, that was kind of the boring part. There's a few, like, like government parts. Like, you know, you know how in some action movies or some movies in general, they have those, like, government, like, parts of the movie where it's just, like, people talking about... They're talking with the very people, stoic people with the, uh... They have no expressions on their face and stuff like that. Not, not really here, but oh, they were kind of yeah, doing that. But... Yeah, there was a few like government parts at the very beginning which weren't super interesting, but it kind of just dissolves like a little later. So I do have to say I did not fall asleep during this movie. Congratulations. Or what drives us? That's a first. I might fall asleep during uh, Back to the Future tomorrow, though. Who knows? We'll you're, see. You're a sad anyway. human being. You're <laughs> so pathetic. So healed from his injuries, Kelly tracks down a corrupt Russian diplomat who issued the passports to the FSB operatives and forces him at gunpoint to give up the name of the surviving assassin before killing him. Sent to prison for the crime, Kelly bargains his way out by revealing the escaped operative to Victor Rykoff, an ex-Spetsnaz officer who is currently hiding in Russia. So that whole scene where John Kelly 
and I'm sorry that we're going back to reading this again, but it's just the easiest way to kind of describe the, story, the movie. Story, yeah. Because the last time I think we kind of got a little off track there. So the whole part where uh, John Kelly was kind of went back to the old house, saw what happened, started drinking, got a little wasted, walked over to the diplomat thing, basically um, followed and tracked down the, the, uh, the Russian bad guy. Before he uh, crashed the car and then set their car on fire with them in it. Yeah. What do you, you like about that one? That was just a pretty cool scene. Yeah, I like it. I like action. I like when people... Um, die. Die. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean... The two, usual. I like two monsters fighting. I like two people fighting. I like, you know. There you usual. go. Yeah. So Kelly then flies to Russia with Greer and the CIA Black Ops team with the intent to perform a Halo insertion off the Russian coast. Their plane is intercepted by a Russian fighter and shot down into the Barents Sea. Kelly, Greer, and the surviving team members make their way back to Murmask by Zodiac where they meet Ritter. Okay. We definitely have to stop here and discuss this scene. Yes. Brandon, go. So the scene... They're, they're in the plane, and then they're flying for a little bit. And then, so, the you see a, like, jet pass right over the plane, like, through the Just window. miss them. Yeah. And then later, the the jet kind of, like, kind of follows right next to the plane. And the characters are looking through the window, trying to not be spotted. And then it slows down and goes behind them. And then their wing gets shot. Mm-hmm. That wing gets shot, and then they do a... Not like a super like nosedive crash land, but they do a like somewhat of a landing on the water. Obviously, they Correct. crash into the water, but they don't like die. So they this plane crashes into the water and slides across it, and then starts sinking. Um, after it starts sinking, it basically splits in half or whatever. They Breaks call in it. half. Yeah, and then what was it? John? John. John. John goes tries to go to the other half of the plane that's starting to sink downwards. And then you basically see him, in, like, the wa- underwater shot of him just trying to get through the plane where it's all still lit up and trying to get, like... So he's trying to get the gear that they need for this op. Yeah. So the special op force. So, like Brandon's saying, he's swimming through the middle of the plane and underneath. There's a lot of going water in scenes. Cargo. Yeah, there's a lot of water scenes. There's a lot of fire underwater and stuff like that. It has to be one of the coolest fucking action scenes I have seen in a movie. It was a very good scene. And Brandon and I even said after that scene, I was like, holy shit, that was amazing. Yeah. So, and it kind of perked my interest for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Because it was that good. So we're, so we go move on from this. So Kelly is suspicious of Ritter and blames Ritter for the intelligence leaks, but Ritter swears he is not the one responsible, so they proceed with the mission. They locate Rykoff in an apartment complex where Kelly goes off mission to kill Rykoff instead of taking him alive as planned. When Kelly confronts Rykoff, he discovers that he's wearing a suicide vest and is claiming to be a deep cover CIA, CIA asset. Rykoff detonates the vest, killing himself, and the team becomes pinned down by heavy sniper fire. The team realizes that the mission was a setup and that they were supposed to be caught on Russian soil in order to start the war. So after all that, like during all the ending part, they, the sniper, basically, the sniper, there's like two, Got three. Got one of the guys. Yeah, yeah. 
there's two, three snipers in different locations, like outside of the building. There's one, like I think, I think all of them were outside of the building. Yes. They're essentially trying to get them from outside the building. So they were trying to shoot at them, but there's a scene where it involves a um, the cops start like two cops pull up, and then basically both of the cops get shot down by by the, the snipers. snipers. So and I kind of I realized at the moment that it was definitely a like setup. a setup mm-hmm. for the like at least for the cops to be now. Blamed. What did I say earlier in the movie after they were gonna send Kelly on that mission? Yeah, Didn't I say hey? Do you think he's going to be set up and try to be killed here? I have no idea. I, I did. I that. did say that. But, okay, anyway. Brandon, so, basically, they just... More cops show up, and then there's a whole fight scene between the cops where he... Tri- there's a, a lot... shootout at- scene. Yeah, there's a shootout scene. They blow up stuff. And then, as it, as he gets away, he essentially just blows up part of a building. And he's, like, in, like, a gas mask that can't mm-hmm. somewhat, like, blunting in with... Well, the- we'll actually get to that part. You know, if you want to oh, that- read from here. Oh, is that later? Yeah. Yeah, right here. Oh, uh, Kelly volunteers to stay behind and act as a distraction, giving the team a chance to escape. Kelly fights the snipers and responding police tactical team, managing to get away by stealing a police uniform and hijacking an ambulance uh, truck. Kelly, Greer, Ritter, and the surviving team members leave the country via boat. So that's where Brandon said, you know, Kelly kind of gets out by... Disguising himself as one of the um, op, the other ops chasing him, yeah. And I thought there was no way in hell he was going to get out of that scene because there were just too many cops. He, I mean, he was at the top of the building shooting down at police, throwing uh, grenades down at them. One of the funny things I said is he threw three grenades, all three hit cop cars and blew them up. If there is no have, way he's going to hit all three. Have you ever tried to go on the top of a building and threw a red ball at a little car? Yes, I have. And I've never hit the car. Because you're lame. You're you're unskilled. Really? Yeah. Have you seen your arm lately? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. No, I, I can... You're, you're just lame. So, yeah. So, so Kelly's in, you know, at the top of the building. He's getting shot at. He ends up getting out of that. Then he goes back into the building. Then he starts going down the stairs. There's more people shooting at him. He gets out of that. And then he gets into the, you know, ambulance and takes off and gets to the, uh, oh. the boat slash... What was that? Their little hideout thing yeah. to kind of... Go there. So back in D.C., Kelly confronts Clay at a restaurant and forces him into a car. After Kelly threatens Clay's family, he confesses to being the one behind the intelligence leaks and the orchestrating the conflict between the U.S. and the Russians. Clay wanted to start a new Cold War to boost the economy and unite the American people against the common enemy. So one of the interesting things that was brought up in that scene Mm -hmm. was uh, Clay mentioned that when there... When there isn't a common enemy for a country to unite against, what else does a country do other than be divided in, since they fight each other? So, so I, f- hmm. I feel like that kind of has relevance to... It's a political... Uh, political relevance. I, I'm, I'm not going to get all conspiracy theory or political right here, but I feel like that can kind of be true to some extent. Oh, it is. Because obviously... 
Yeah, because you have the infighting now between the one side and the other side in the U.S., and there's all this racial divide and all this stuff like that. So what this guy does is he tries to get to be have Russia be once again the enemy of the U.S. and have everybody come yeah. together as one. And he stated in this in his little uh, monologue there that Russia was the best enemy the U.S. has ever had, and he wanted to do it again. Yeah. To unite the United States, which is actually a pretty good idea, but that's not the way you that's do it. That's not the way you do it. That's not the way you, you do it. You're on the right track, but I'm pretty sure starting a Cold War where it could escalate to nuclear war is not the best idea. Probably not. Pro- probably. <laughs> so do you want to read the rest of that? Uh, sure. With Clay's confession, Kelly drives the car over a bridge and lets it sink into the bottom of a river, drowning Clay. Clay died pretty quick. Whoever. It took like three seconds from the drone. Oh, boo-hoo. <laughs> uh, Kelly escapes from the car with help from Greer, who was waiting in the river with scuba gear at a nearby train station. Oh, period. Okay, well, we actually, let's stop there and talk about, you know, the river drowning with clay. In the round so yeah. they cut then from that to the funeral yeah. for John Kelly. Because per, during the boat scene, they said that he has to be kind of like a ghost. Yeah, and so, then there's there he's essentially dead. So he's essentially dead, and they basically almost prove it that he's dead by him dying as you know in a suicide, and then burying him there. So that all happens, and how we knew actually what's revealed is Greer gets back into the car and she's listening to a little thing on the news, and all of a sudden she turns off the uh, radio, and in the background you hear, "Hey." I was listening to that. I was listening to that, and then she turns her mirror, and you see John Kelly sitting in the back seat. Now I was, uh, what did I say when I when that happened? I, you knew it was gonna. I happen. go, damn it! I knew it was it was him. He, he was alive, and I, I was right. So there we go. So Kelly escapes from the car with help from the Greer, who was waiting in the river with the scuba gear at a nearby train station. Greer gives Kelly a new identity provided by Ritter. With his new identity, he leaves to begin his new life as. John Clark. In a mid-credit scene, Clark is seen talking to Ritter about creating a multinational counterterrorism team called Codename Rainbow. I don't think we ever watched. We that. miss that. It's in a mid-credit scene, so I think we have to throw it back on and just go all the way to the yeah. end. Anyways. So, Brandon, you want to start off on this one? Sure. What do you think? You bring up the. All right, I'll bring thing. up the little thing here. Okay, story and plot. I thought it was, the plot was well created. I thought the plot was in story flowed well, but there was definitely, especially at the beginning where you get the the government scenes, the CIA and all that. I felt that that was kind of the weaker points, mostly at the beginning where there was some weak points. But I never thought it was uninteresting throughout the whole movie. I thought it was. Uh, the whole movie it flowed very well in terms of just how thi- like the sequence of events and how everything was set up and how things are revealed and all that. The acting and characters, I feel like uh, there isn't much other than uh, Kelly. Um, there isn't much depth to the characters in to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the characters you don't really get much backstory on some of the other um, seals or whatever they're called. Other than like some of them being killed, they actually gave their real names at one point because they knew they were all going to die at some point, but they didn't. Yeah. So anyway, 
Uh, and I thought the acting was very uh, relatively good, at least some of the main actors. Um, the side actors I don't really have a comment on. Mm-hmm. Special effects and cinematography I felt was really good because special effects with the plane scene, the plane crash and all that, that was intense. obviously intensely special effects. But the water scene, the fire, the crash, I thought that was very well executed. And for the cinematography, I felt... It was good. Uh, there wasn't much to it other than the plane sequence, which was probably the best cinematography, or at least the most unique use of it. Mm-hmm. And the cinematography rest of it was mostly just action shots, which I thought was fine. The action was really good. It wasn't. It wasn't like gory death scenes, but there no, was. But there was a lot of like good, just good action. back to the plane sequence, there was a lot of like. You know, action not really fighting, but more the crashing and swimming. The action between the shootouts and the action between the car drowning and all that, that was Mm -hmm. all very good. And the music, the music was fine. The only issue I had with the music was that it would occasionally drown out some of the uh, dialogue at some points, but not very commonly. It it was going back to Tenet, it wasn't as bad as Tenet, where it had like. Oh, Tenet was bad. Yeah. With the music. Um, but here it was... There was a few scenes where its music was a little too loud, but that was just... That wasn't too bad because it would just be that for a moment. So, my rating for this film without remorse would be a 4. 4.5. 4.75. <laughs> 4.5. 4.5. I feel like it's not the perfect... There's a few flaws. I think some of the flaws was just mainly with like character development. I guess there's. Yeah. I think there there was some good character development, but I feel like it wasn't too super predictable. It was predictable, but not in a way. But I it, it's hard to explain why it was a four point five. But I think it's a uh, the upper level of a four point five. There you go. I, I could consider it a five, but I could consider four point five. So I'll just. Go with four point five. Awesome job, Brandon. I love I love exactly what you just discussed there, and uh, I'm gonna go now. Yeah. And as I read at the very beginning of this um, thing, where it said it came with mixed reviews from critics who praised Jordan's performance but called the film generic. I don't think it's generic. I wouldn't call it generic, and basically the story plot line was very cool. It was yeah. a very interesting story. The fact that he had, you know, basically was trying to just be revenge of the murder of his wife. And basically, it was supposed to be the murder of him, if you think about it, because he was the one that was supposed to be in bed. But because he went downstairs to go listen to music, she was the one that got caught. He just happened to be the one that, you know, caught it all and got, you know, didn't let them get away with it. So that was actually pretty cool, the whole story and plot with that. The acting and air. Acting and characters, uh, Michael B. Jordan was great in this yep. movie. I thought his performance was fantastic. Just his his whole demeanor through the whole movie. Where at the beginning, with his wife and everything, he was playful and this and that, and they were you know joking around. And then he becomes all stoic and Mister Pissed Off. I'm going to kill people, and I don't care what happens to me. Um, the rest of the characters, I did like Greer's character. Um, Agent Greer, and she was pretty good, but again, she was there was not much personality with her. Yeah. Um, the other people, again, not much personality, not much character development. Um, but 
you kind of really didn't need that with some of those seals. The seals, I mean, there was no real story with the other guys. So that's understandable. Special effects cinematography, like Brandon said, of the water scene, the plane crash scene, freaking amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, There were a couple cool cinematography shots that I really liked. One was when Michael B. Jordan was on the gurney going into the hospital. It was almost like there was a... um, stable camera sitting right above him about five feet shooting straight down and every time they moved him he would just follow it would follow him that was cool uh like i said the water scene um where he's trying to get all this stuff underwater to kind of float back up to the top that was really cool the action again same thing with the special effects and everything there the action was just awesome with the plane crash and um the car chase where he crashes into the russian guy uh the where they get stuck in the building and the shootout and all that. That was fun. And then also the very last scene where he crashes into the river. That was pretty interesting how they did that. The music, for me, I didn't even really recognize the music being played. And I, for a movie like this, it's kind of good that, to me, it didn't stand out. So Brandon gave it a 4.5. My total review for this is also a 4.5. It is a solid, solid, solid movie. And um, I saw Dean Richards on WGN gave it a B plus, I think it was, on this movie, which is basically a 4. Yeah, A minus, B A plus. minus, B plus, something like that. So I'm going to give it a 4.5 because I really enjoyed it. And like I said, you if you're going to see this movie, see it for that one five-minute scene with the plane crash because that was awesome um it did kind of drag a little bit at one point but that was only because they were trying to tell the story but that was just how that goes so again my overall rating for without remorse 4.5 brandon has the same exact 4.5 and then we had what drives us which we both gave it a 5.0 geez we gotta watch something where we both don't like it or one goes against the other there can't be another. There's got to be like another Godzilla, We're, King of the. Uh, there, no, monsters. there's um, there's a potential talks of a new MonsterVerse film coming out. Really? And there's a few ideas. Apparently, um, this I think it was this was an interview, but there was a few i titles going around where there might one of the titles is a Son of Kong. Ooh. So I'm not sure how if. If it is going to be Son of Kong, I'm not sure how I feel because I feel like I'm more interested in Godzilla movies than the Kong movies, but I feel like if the Kong movies are well-crafted, especially I think like this one, the last one, um, Son of Kong might be interesting, but I'm not sure how they're going to go with that. So There you go. Well, we got some uh, possible information on a brand new... In uh, 2025, yeah. Oh, my God. No, no, I mean... Okay. um, There there are a few new movies that have come out recently. Um, The Jason Statham Wrath of Man, which is one that I kind of want to see, too. But uh, you never know. In two weeks... I mean, this movie just came out this past week, and I knew nothing about it till Wednesday. Yeah. So we might get something new that comes out in two weeks that we might want to see. Oh, and then we have... Let's see, what is that? In three weeks. Oh, yeah, Quiet Place show. Quiet Place It's been too. a year. Congratulations. So maybe we can go to the theater for that and see that. But again, Brandon and I are going to be seeing Back to the Future tomorrow with my buddy Rick and then going to Sushi. And Brandon, dude, 30 episodes, yeah. two years doing this. 
And I should put a little clip of your very first episode with me doing this. Yeah. And show your progress. <laughs> Actually, what you can do, just go back to all of our episodes that we've ever done. I recommend the more recent episodes. More recent. But <laughs> you can go back to the early ones, too, and kind of listen how well Brandon has progressed in his uh, speaking on his movies and just being open and honest with your thoughts. Yeah. 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 So, uh, what are you looking forward to this coming week? Anything good? Drawing. Drawing. Going outside. Getting off uh, on, uh, whatchamacallit, not being grounded anymore? Yeah. We won't get into that. No, I'm, I just want to be able to do my digital artwork. It's, there you go, yes. I, I want to grill. Yeah, let, let, let him do that. Free Brandon. We're going to hashtag Free Brandon. Free. Free, uh, free so brand. if you could hashtag free Brandon <laughs> on this podcast, if you share this, that would be awesome. Make sure you follow us all over the socials. The E2B2 podcast can be found on Facebook and Instagram. Make sure you go to badassproductions1.com in the on-demand section. You can pull up E2B2 podcast. Follow me on uh, my social media. You can find it on Evan J. Thomas on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, also, Badass Productions on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And Brandon, you can find you on uh, YouTube and Twitter, Paleozoic Productions. Um, I'm. I, I mentioned this uh, to Dad earlier, but I might be doing something a little different. Um, I've, I've oh just, yeah, I've, you mentioned that. Yeah, obviously, I don't think this really matters to most of you, but I'm just gonna mention it anyways. Where I do, I record myself sketching something while I'm talking about the sketch. So it's kind of like a tutorial. Not, not really. It's not. No, even it's like, not a how-to. More like, oh, I'm gonna be drawing this, but I'm gonna be like discussing your thoughts on why I'm drawing it. But there not, you go. not a tutorial. So what would you call that then? A commentary, not really. Commentary. Actually, there you go. It is a commentary. Informational commentary while Perfect. doing an action. Well, there you go. Well, you check that out. Brandon might be revealing that in the next few weeks when he I does. I might. I'm, what if I he might? might? If he doesn't, he I does. might record it today. Which moment? Well, Maybe. if you do, let's promote the hell out of it next time. Sure. All right. So until next time, everybody, I appreciate you all for listening to the yep. E2B2 podcast. Brandon and I, 30 episodes in, finally, and two years down. And we hopefully will be doing this every two weeks for the next thousand years <laughs> two thousand <laughs> two thousand years let's do that all right everybody thank you once again and until next time rock on see ya keep pimp chimping <laughs> funny oh. <laughs>